Well, last Friday was uh, almost Friday the 13th for the Guardians organization. Willie, I don't know if you were safe from the the injury fest, uh, from all the weird things that happened Friday, but Friday was uh, uh, a rain out for the Guardians, and then we had a couple of injuries in the minor league system. Did you make it through the holiday weekend unscathed? Completely unscathed, and I'm thankful for it. In fact, when I saw that, I turned off the TV, I wrapped myself in a blanket and head, hid my head under a, a pillow. <laughs> what a sh- what a stretch of events! Like and and so if you're not if you're not familiar with what happened last week, by the way, this is the Guardians of the Future podcast. I'm Justin Latta, uh, joined as almost always by Willie Hood. Um, Friday, so the Guardians got rained out, and then within I don't know an hour, not even an hour of each other, we had Gavin Williams get hit in his left wrist by a line drive. George Valera turned his ankle and. Uh, uh, sliding into home plate after a rain after on a rainy field in Akron. And then Brian Rocchio, I think got hit in the hand or the head. I can't remember where he got hit, but he got hit by a pitch and he was down for quite a bit and he stayed in the game, but it was a, it was a shocking couple of uh, an hour on Friday. Then it wasn't Friday the 13th, but it sure felt like it. It was disturbing. Yeah. I was like, Lord, what in the world is happening right now? <laughs> you know, it's just crazy to see that the, the quality of talent getting injured. I mean, you, you see injuries happen, but with your top guys like that, I'll say top five guys uh, in the organization and, and losing so many of them. And even with Daniel Espino being out, who should probably be the clear one, one right now for the organization. Um, seeing those other guys go down like that would just weird, but it also kind of shows why you have to have prospect depth to, especially with arms. Right, that's right there. Any moment any of these guys can go down. If they would have had Spinner Williams go down for any extended amount of time, that would have stunk. Um, we'll get into all that. Mostly good news uh, on all those fronts, though. So uh, it was a weird Friday, but nothing too season-altering came out of it, thankfully. Um, <clears throat> if you don't already follow us on Twitter or the show, uh, Guardian, subscribe to the Guardians of the Future podcast, anywhere you can get podcasts. Leave us a uh, Five star rating or review, or if it's not a five star, please leave, you know leave us whatever star you're going to leave us. But tell us why it's not a five star podcast. Give us constructive criticism. So we always say, um, you can follow me at jail underscore baseball. You can follow Willie at w i l l h o o nine nine on Twitter. It's the uh, site account is official underscore cgbi. Um, if you're not a subscriber to the website, as an insider, it's a great time to do it. Excuse me. We're right in the middle of the season. We've got coverage in Cleveland, uh, Columbus, Akron, Lake County, and Lynchburg. Um, Willie just put out a, a, a round two of his light, latest mock draft uh, today. The, the mock draft between him and our uh, special contributor Jared Zyber is for subscribers only. So you're going to want to check that out as we get closer to the draft. He's going to have a lot more draft content. So. This is the time of year to subscribe to the website. All right, Willie, the first thing we probably should cover is Oscar Gonzalez is up in the majors. Uh, I don't want to say neither of us saw this coming. Like, I think it was fair to say he probably deserved a shot this year. He was playing well. You know, he played well last year. We, I know neither of us are super high on him, and a lot of people really aren't. And 
the comments from the organization seem to echo the same thing that he, you know, was raw. He was aggressive, wasn't, you know, a finished product. And I know, I know Tito said some things about when he stays in the strike zone, he's good. And, you know, he's learned, he's putting in a lot of effort defensively, all things to say that, you know, they weren't qualities that were his best, but nonetheless, he's getting a shot because he's played well and Fran Reyes is out. So, I don't know how much of a chance you got to see any of his performance over the weekend uh, since he got called up, Willie. But uh, what have you thought about just his performance so far from what you've either seen or heard or read? I Yeah, I've watched quite a bit. Um, not every inning of every game over the weekend, uh, just family stuff going on um, with the holiday weekend, too. But I did go back and I watched some of the stuff because obviously the hype and seeing him go two for four, I wanted to see what was up. I uh, did see him make a nice outfield play close to the wall. Uh, has a strong arm. He, I don't know, he seems to be more mobile than I last remembered. But, uh, <laughs> um, you know, I think it's early and it's going to be easy to kind of fall in love with what he brings. But I want to see what he is over the long haul. Um Domingo Santana flashed at times too. I'll just say that. Uh, and that's a guy who I've compared him to. Uh, it's obviously not a straightforward comp there, but a guy that recent memory for fans who has power, can play right field, can play left field. Um, if you call it that, uh, not the greatest outfielder, but I, yeah, he can man the position. Um, I like to see those big exit velocities from him when he's getting the bat on the ball. Um, I think uh, I think we get a little bit of flash of what he can be, and I'm just now picking up on some of the, you know, like the SpongeBob SquarePants and, and some <laughs> of the other things with him. Um, some things that you don't pick up watching MILB TV, you know. So, um, little little cool quirks or nuances about players uh, that you don't know sometimes um, kind of gives insight into the person that they are, but also kind of show shows who he is on the field a little bit too. I think it's what Tito was alluding to. Um, there's potential there for him. And, and I think we both have hit on that, that, hey, there's some major league future somewhere for him. What that looks like exactly, we'll see. Um, I don't know if that's an everyday outfielder, probably a DH at some point or, or a rotational guy, but hey, let's see who he is and hope he continues to mature and mash for Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, we both were pretty sure he was going to get taken in the Rule 5 draft this offseason if there was one. Obviously, there was not. We both thought that some National League team who knew who needed a DH would give him a shot, and that wasn't the case because there was no, no Rule 5, and Cleveland Hardy re-signed to a minor league deal. But as we said before, 29 other teams passed on him uh, in terms of a minor, league free, a minor league free agent deal or even a major league one if they liked him enough. But, you know, this is a deserved shot for him. With, with Framel Reyes out, it makes a ton of sense. Uh, there's nobody else in the minors you're really going to call up to fill his spot. I mean, Bobby Bradley's off the roster. He's not even playing well in Columbus. He looks lost. He looks frustrated. Um, it's hard for those guys to stay focused and driven sometimes when they get that demotion. But um, this isn't really about him. But uh, there was nobody else to call up. It's, it was Oscar Gonzalez and Richie Palacios who came up and, and Framel Reyes being down. So that made a ton of sense to, you know, Give Gonzalez a shot, even though he wasn't on the 40. They created a spot for him, obviously, designating Yu Chang for assignment. Um, <clears throat> makes it a more natural roster fit for Gonzalez. 
the exit velocities are good. Yeah, you can see he's averaging like 96 per batted ball event, which is great. Not a surprise. I mean, he he can hit the ball when he makes good contact. There's no doubt. Um, I think we've stressed this plenty, though, is that it comes with a lot of bad contact at times. You know, he, he makes a lot of contact because he swings a lot and he doesn't strike out for a, a guy who's an aggressive hitter. But you get you get um, poor contact quality sometimes because of that. And he's not the only one. And this is something I, we should talk about further, maybe not today, but we talked about, I think, um, when uh, Joe Collins and I did a, uh, a Twitter session the other day, Twitter space, we talked about how Miles Straw and uh, Stephen Kwan make all this contact. And because they make all this contact, not all of it's good. You know, you're getting a lot of lazy ground balls and a lot of pop-ups. You know, Oscar Gonzalez is going to have those too. Um, That's just a product of their approach and their ability sometimes. So you have to find that balance. But yeah, he's hitting the ball hard quite a bit. Um, He hasn't walked yet. No surprise. I think that's what you're going to see a lot of. He'll probably, I mean, he'll probably hit his first home run before he take, hit, has his first walk. That, that wouldn't shock me. You know, he had the little uh, gaff where he threw the ball in the outfield, like you said, into the stands. Um, that doesn't really, <laughs> that doesn't really say his defense is bad. That was just a, a mental error, and I'm sure he'll, he he learned from that. He looked very, very stunned. I don't know if you saw his face after that, Willie, but he was very stunned. I felt bad for him because I'm it sure he felt like he was on an there. island. Yeah. Uh, I think. You're just excited in the environment that you're in. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I like Oscar Gonzalez and I have for a while, but I, at the same time, liking a, a player for who he is and um, liking what they bring to the table are two different things. You know, um, I, I like Ernie Clement, but I, I like the hard work, the hustle, but never been a favorite player of mine. And I'm not trying to slight him. Um, just, with Oscar, I, I think people need to temper expectations. Let's take it slow and easy and, and see what he becomes. Uh, it's exciting to see the big power that he has, which is evident. Strong dude, 6'4", 240. Um, definitely has grown into a man over the years with, with yeah. Cleveland organization. I think he started out like 180 or something like that. So it, it's really interesting. You see how these international guys come in, and then all of a sudden you know, they're six inches taller and – 20 to 40 pounds bigger than what they were when, when they were signed. Um, but there's still development to be had there. And I don't know how long he'll be on the roster before he ends up back down in, in Columbus. I think that does happen because you, you're going to need to keep Palacios around because um, you're running out of options with him, but you're also trying to balance that right, left, all of that with the lineup too, you know? So some other things to think about in the future there. Yeah, not that we want Fran Reyes hurt. Um, you know, we talked about this before, and I think I tweeted this that, and you and you've said this multiple times about not having a DH on your roster to bog that position down and rotate through guys because you know Jose Ramirez tonight is where we're recording this is the DH. That's great to have that flexibility to do so. Um, that doesn't change the fact that this team still needs a healthy and productive Fran Reyes to be good. Yeah, I, I do wonder. I will say to your point too, Oscar Gonzalez, much faster than I remember. Um, even from last year, he was still, you know, a pretty below average runner. I would say last year, I would say he's probably closer to average now, maybe fringe average uh, for the most part, but no, much, much improved runner. The arm was always there for sure. Um, we knew that. We'll see. I was in. Um, yeah. I think he posted some slower times there. 
but he's the guy that's also stole five bases here or there. Um, so somebody that's looking to be aggressive, looking to be opportunistic. Uh, some little traits about him, you know, that will help him be successful as a as a major league player, but not necessarily an all star or even an everyday guy. So those little things matter too. So I know some people have asked this question. I'll ask you. Um, do you think there's any chance, <clears throat> and if so, how does it work? Because I, I don't think there is. But when Fran Mel Reyes does come back, do you see any fit on the roster where both Gonzalez and Reyes survive together? I do not, but do you? I don't think you have a natural fourth fourth outfielder there um, because Palacios is a conversion guy. Um I think they're going to want to keep around Oscar Mercado for that type of role. And I think Mercado is eventually replaced maybe by Will Brennan or Will Benson. Um, I don't know if that answers that question or not, but I, I think it's hard to carry both of them unless they are committed to carrying and playing Gonzalez in right field. If they're looking for a, a guy with a right field arm, Gonzalez has that. Uh, and, you know, I think uh, Fran Mill's eyebrow tweeted earlier that he was 77th in percentile in, in sprint speed, which is actually pretty good for a guy his size, you know, 6'4", 240. That's, that's a big guy out there. That's a, typically a first baseman out there. And uh, he's pretty yeah. strong and athletic, surprisingly. Yeah, I don't know how sprint speed really translates to defense. I don't think there's a whole lot of strong correlation. But it certainly doesn't hurt to have. I know he's gotten down the line a little bit better than I thought he would. Yeah, I, um, I think the it helps uh, get in position. <laughs> yeah, really I mean, if you, make, if you make a mistake, if you make a mistake on a read or something, it might give you a chance to catch up, although more likely coming in than going back. Um, but the, to me, that's instinctual, not really speed-related, so we'll see how that pans out. But, yeah, I'm with you. Oscar Mercado, I think I know some people want to get rid of him, and, <clears throat> yeah, I don't think he has a long-term future on this organization at this point because he's not playing right now with Gonzalez up. Um, I think that tells you right now with Quan or Palacios and left and Gonzalez and right that Mercado's role is severely limited going forward. But <clears throat> for now, you can't have Fran Mill and Oscar Gonzalez on the team when you need you need someone who can come in for defense um, late in the game and you don't really care about their at-bats because obviously they're not worried about you know Mercado not hitting for a week or two because they're just putting him in for defense and speed and he'll occasionally start. That's how he should be used. Uh, even though it's hard to watch hit sometimes because he's not playing consistently, but even when he does, it's hard, but um, not. Yeah. Gonzalez is not be coming in for a defensive replacement. And you're also um, not going to let him sit on the bench for five days a week and um, stun his development if he has any left. So that's why, unfortunately those two are not going to be able to fit. I don't think long-term, but you know, Gonzalez might be able to impress and we'll see where he goes from there. Maybe he has a future here. Maybe somebody else likes him. I don't know. It's it's uh, up in the air. But so far, much better than I would have anticipated. And we'll see how that approach plays out long term. Um, to quote Jim Carrey, there's a chance. <laughs> Which movie is that from? I'm not even sure. I, I know that's one. I've seen a lot of Jim Carrey movies, but not that one. What was it? Uh, I said I don't even remember. <laughs> oh, geez. I've, I've seen, seen a lot. A thousand times. Oh, so you're telling me there's a chance? Yes, that's. Uh, tell me there's. Uh, gosh, is that Larry? I'm gonna get. Oh, it's gonna be so bad if I don't know what this is. It might be Larry. It might be the uh, the cable guy. 
I mean, no, 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 that was stupid. Wow, it's from um, Dumb and Dumber. I should have known that off the bat. That's embarrassing. There we go. Seen... Yeah, that's embarrassing. I should have known that. We can edit oh. that. Out. We'll go to commercial. Yeah, I knew How that. About product placement, The Office. <laughs> Gotta change the name of the podcast to Dumb and Dumber at this point for not getting that. Jeez. Brought to you by Gatorade. <laughs> yeah. Get a sponsor. I, I feel like I usually know movie quotes pretty good, but that one was a big swing and a miss. Wow, that's I, I embarrassing. Up with it, and I've seen it like a thousand times. <laughs> it's been a while. I saw the second one too. Yeah, not great. Um, he's had better. Uh, with Oscar Gonzalez going to Cleveland, there were some promotions that followed him. So there was Will Brennan to Columbus, which uh, that was a little bit. It was right at the same time, a couple days before. Um, or we thought that's when it was announced, but. Um, definitely deserved Will Brennan for the year, hitting 297, 365 with an 836 OPS, uh, four homers, five um, steals, a bunch of doubles, 13. That's why we call him Willie Two Bags. He's got uh, 13 doubles in uh, 41 games. That's not bad. Five steals. Um, hasn't hit a ton in Columbus so far. Uh, not super great, but it's only been five games. Um, I'm super excited. Hard to believe, Willie, that a year ago this guy wasn't even in Akron yet. I think I don't think he got to Akron until I want to say July. So he, in a calendar year, he has gone from Lake County to Akron to Columbus. That's extremely impressive for a guy really not drafted uh, with a big bat in college. Not one of those guys you would have probably looked at and thought, "Wow, this guy um, has a chance to be a good college bat." He was an eighth round pick in 2019. And he's put up the power that I anticipated from him basically over over a year as far as home runs go. He's a guy that I always thought, yeah, five, maybe ten if he's lucky. Um, he's already trending toward that sooner than I had anticipated. Doubles power was always there because he's got good speed, and he's just a hardworking player in my opinion. Um, guy that uh, kind of uh, um, outplays the part, so to speak. Uh, not that there's not good parts there, but I mean, he just plays up. Uh, I think you called him a Stephen Kwan light at one point in time because yeah. uh, he takes a lot of walks, has good uh, zone awareness. Um, I think there's a lot of attributes there, as I said a little while ago, that he's a possibility as a fourth, fifth outfielder for this club as soon as this year. Um, I think that really comes down to Willie B or Willie B. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be confusing at all. I saw them. Uh, over the weekend, I saw my first Clippers game, actually. I've never been to a Clippers game in person. I've been to Huntington Park once, but that was for a high school game. So um, that was super cool. By the way, if you've never been to a Clippers game, I highly recommend it if you get the chance to. Great ballpark, uh, very walkable city. Uh, they do a great job uh, just as a pres- presentation, I guess, the, for the game. For You get a, lo- a very major league quality presentation for uh, a minor league price. they got a great PA announcer and uh, – just do a lot of good things. Tons of, if you like beer, they got a lot of beer around there and um, cool team shop. Yeah. A little quick promo and for the Columbus is a beautiful city. It absolutely is. There's tons of things to do. I was, I, it was a really great trip and I plan to go back again soon. Um, and I can't believe I haven't been there yet, but brought to you by, <laughs> yeah, Columbus. You by the Columbus Clippers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't have a sponsor for that segment yet. Maybe we will in the future. If you're interested in sponsoring the podcast, uh, yeah, we, uh, we've gone with the Columbus Clippers, the city of Columbus tonight, the office in Gatorade. So we're just fishing now. Yes, yes. Jim Perry, yeah, anybody. 
anybody. Blockbuster, if they want to promote it, they want to be a sponsor. <laughs> Promoting movies. Um, blockbuster. Last Blockbuster. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the one in Alaska. Yeah. There's still that one. Haven't you seen the last Blockbuster on Netflix? No. I, no. I don't have a Netflix account. I got rid of it about a year ago. <laughs> I thought I'd watched yeah. everything worth watching. Yeah, yeah, I watched that. That was good. They had it was. I forget what city it's in or what state. I think it's Oregon. It's in Oregon, the last one. But yeah, I, I I'm curious to see if Will Brennan can be more than a fourth outfield. I mean, so far we're not sure about Stephen Kwan. Obviously, he had a hot start. He's kind of tapered off because teams are giving him uh, more pitches up in the zone, and they're forcing him to try to get on top of it. And he's having a hard time, and he's getting more first pitch strikes, and he's not as quite as aggressive. Uh, Will Brennan, at the very least, I will say, is a more physical player. Stephen Kwan is, is you know, pretty small, uh, short stature, very kind of a thin build. Um, Brennan's six foot two hundred, so a little bit more of a physical player. I don't know how that really translates and make make it makes a difference. And I don't know much about his contact quality other than uh, he does a great job driving driving the ball when it's low and in, like most left handers. Um, See, Quan had 12 homers last year. That was a career high. Brennan's got four in 41 games. I don't know if he's going to get to 12. We'll see. He might just because of the band box in Columbus, just the way that yeah. ballpark plays. But um, he's 24. Quan is 24 right now and in the majors, so he's a little bit behind that in that regard. But um, I think they – I mean, Quan's <clears> – <throat> like I've said before, Quan's uh, strike zone awareness and uh, hand-eye coordination are just a, a shade better than Brennan's, so – I don't know if you can expect him to um, make contact the way Quan does. But again, like I said at the top of the podcast, <clears throat> when you get all these guys who make a lot of contact, some of it's not always good contact. And Quan is running into that issue right now. And I'd imagine it would be similar for Brennan, but we'll see if he's better at picking that. And it all comes down to approach and knowing what pitches you um, should swing at. If you can, you feel like you can put a good swing on and you're not always going to put a good swing on, even though you think you do, but, um, <clears throat> I'm curious if, if Brennan can at least be a low end starter or a platoon guy, which I guess is the same as a fourth outfielder if he's a platoon guy, but even though he doesn't have platoon splits in the minors, I don't know, just someone you can rotate in, you know, someone who, if you don't have an every guy, everyday guy, say in left field, even though he has the arm for a right fielder, um, you could just kind of rotate in and, and get him, you know, 70, 80 games worth of playing time and maybe take advantage of his speed and his defense and his ability to draw walks and, and maybe some gap power. I don't know. I think there's a role for him. Um, that's like, I don't know. Is, is it, is there a role between fourth outfielder and, and starter where, I don't know, you just play him based on the matchups, even though he doesn't have any platoon splits. I don't know. It's, it's a weird fit, but I do like Brennan. Yeah, like I said, I think, there's potential for a fourth outfielder there, you know, and not a knock on him, obviously. Uh, I think he's a good player, but you're going to want more power, a guy that's going to drive the ball out of the park more. But I think he's going to put up professional at-bats. I likened him to kind of an Ernie Clement with that because you're going to get professional at-bats from him. He's a guy that's going to play multiple positions. Um, not a lot of power there, but he can get on base. What about a mile straw? Like, Miles Straw is a leadoff hitter, and maybe he shouldn't be hitting leadoff because he's, you know, just an average hitter, a little bit less, you know, when he struggles. I wonder if Brennan, you know, the reason Straw leads off because he walks, yep. doesn't strike out, and he 
uh, can run. Brennan's, I don't know if Brennan's as fast as Miles Straw because Miles Straw is really fast, but yeah, I don't, um, I don't I think wonder he's if fast. Similar... I don't think the arm is the same as Straw either. So a couple of knocks there uh, on Brennan as compared to Straw for me, but I don't know. You, you don't think that, uh, so yeah, you don't think they're, they're comparable arm wise? I mean, Brennan threw what 93 in college, yeah, yeah, that's right. So, uh, it I might think be I, close. I'm gonna have to go yeah. back and watch Will Brennan now. You're gonna have me watching Columbus Clippers. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we talked about uh, that off there. He is uh, the most interesting player on that roster right now. Well, not totally. Uh, that, that's a good segue into the other two guys that just got promoted. So uh, Will Brennan didn't go to Columbus alone from Akron. Uh, Kevin Kelly and Tim Hare and a pair of relievers joined him. Uh, it's funny. I watched Kevin Kelly on, on Sunday, Willie, um, at uh, playing at Akron or pitching at Akron. And this is a guy who is lauded for his control and command. Uh, not a big stuff guy. And he threw, he walked three batters through two wild pitches and hit a batter. And then the next day he got promoted to Columbus. It's like, yeah, that's, oh, that's all you got to do is, is have your worst game of the season to get promoted. That, that was a little awkward that he'd walk that many guys. I don't think he'd walk that many guys all season. And then that happened on Sunday. So maybe he was a little jittery and excited. Maybe he knew he was going to be called up, you know, Um or uh, I didn't. I didn't watch that game, so maybe it was bad umpiring. Not that that ever influences the game. <laughs> Oof! No, I was watching. It was. It was. He was missing by a lot. He was like almost looking like Nick Sandlin was uh, last night. Um, it was bad. Now he. So he's he's walked nine batters all year, Willie, in twenty four and a third innings. Three of them came in that game. Yeah. And let's see. Uh, he has hit four batters all year. Two of them came. In I'm sorry. He only hit one batter. Um, He's thrown three wild pitches all year. Two of those came in that game. So really, it was just that really that game was horrible for him. That was the first time all year um, that he failed to get more than. I'm sorry, it was the second time all year he only got one out. Uh, he had another game to, where he had a hit and a hit batter. It goes to show you can't really judge a reliever by numbers because they can have one bad game and it just skew their right. Well, for him, it didn't make runs or something. For him, it didn't make that much of a difference. His uh, ERA for the year is still 111, and his whip is still under one. So even though he had a horrible game in terms of how many guys he put on base, his whip is still under one. So that tells you how good his year has been. Um, and he's about 90-93, so he doesn't throw super hard. Um, but he's got that low, very low delivery. Almost, It's not quite sidearm, but it kind of is. Um, it's just a very low approach i don't know it's hard to describe it's very funky and um it makes the fastball in, run in it makes the, past, the slider tough to pick up in the past it was a lot of um mid upper 80s touch 90 flash of 92 here or there so it sounds like he might be throwing a little bit harder this year yeah from what i'd heard from our from uh both our guy spencer and um john elrod and akron they're both they both said about 90 to 94 94 is about where he tops out at. So maybe more like 90 to 92 and hitting 94 occasionally. So, yeah, I don't know. I he has to rely. I think he came into the orbit like 89 to 92, um, some 86s in there even. A guy like uh, Rodney Boone, a guy that's, you know, mid-upper 80s, will flash some 90s. Boone's been up to 94, but over the weekend you see him 86, 88, 89, 90, you know. Um, yeah. Little inconsistency, but it also shows that there's potential for growth there. I think for a guy like Boone, um, maybe that's the case with Kelly. But he's somebody that I've liked for a while uh, because of that 
low arm slot delivery and excellent control. None of his stuff is great. Fastball slider. And I think there's a changeup in there too, if I remember right, but uh, he's pure reliever one, two inning guy. Yeah. He's, uh, He's definitely got to got to get by in control, but the uh, the delivery gives him some deception, makes it hard to pick up, and I think there's a chance he could be a middle reliever with that with that arsenal. And then the other guy who went with him, Tim Heron, a little bit different. Uh, so I saw Tim Heron last year in Lake County, and he was good. He was solid. He was about ninety. Another guy who was about ninety, ninety three, ninety four. Um, not the greatest control. Had a nice slider. Added a cutter. Um, you could tell the potential was there. I mean, he's a big dude. He's 6'5", like 220, 6'4", 220. He's a big kid. Um, and now this year he is he's improved the control greatly, uh, walk rate really down in Akron. And he was up to 97, 98. I mean, he's, he's really in the mid-90s consistently, 95, 96 uh, now. And the slider looks better than ever because of it. I don't know how much he's throwing the cutter anymore. It's hard to tell sometimes on MILB TV from the angles we get from other ballparks. But – um, I, I think Tim Heron's a guy that's going to be interesting to see if they decide to put him on the 40 man roster this winter, um, or even promote him this year. If he, if he takes off in, in Columbus, if he, his first outing wasn't so great, not a shock. Cause you know, usually that first outing is a little bit tough. Um, second outing was just fine, but I don't know. I wonder if we see him this year. I mean, it's not like, uh, Anthony goes and Nick Sandlin and, some of these other guys are not exactly – I don't think they're going to DFA those guys, but I don't know if they can create room for, for Tim Heron. But I <clears throat> I do think they're going to have an interesting decision on whether or not to roster him, and I like the stuff. Yeah, and uh, as far as Ghost goes, I think I told you last year that I wasn't sure if he made the 40-man cuts because of the – because of the uh, – off-season ads that they needed to make. I wasn't sure if Ghost would make it through that, but uh, a lot more people were convinced that he was more secure than than I was. Um, I think he could be uh, rostered casually at some point because it seems like they really want to give some of these guys an opportunity. That's why you know we've seen the move with Chang so far and some other players uh, moving on from Bobby Bradley. I, I think they'll be willing to move on from Ghost unless he just straightens up and um, – is just fireballing his next several outings. Um, if Heron is hitting on all cylinders, I think there's a good chance that, uh, you know, they may give him a call and see what he's got. And again, he was a cold weather guy from Indiana too. Um, there's that. And somebody that's really worked hard in the off season, a lot of video on the internet, on Twitter um, of him working. Um, I think he's tweaked his delivery a little bit since he's been brought in and definitely, um, has added velocity. I, I think there's video of him in the off season hitting 98, 99. Yeah. He's six, six, two 30. Yeah. He, uh, <clears throat> he shortened the arm stroke a little bit, you know, that arm swings a little bit shorter than it used to be. Uh, 37 strikeouts this year for Tim Heron and 24 to third innings, nine walks, uh, 19 hits, a two, five, nine array, a whip of one, uh, 15. So not, you know, he's not a big control guy, but he, his control, Considering the fact that he walked 32 and 73 innings a year ago, um, nine and 24 innings is, is quite impressive, I would say. He's on a much better pace. Um, when you're left-handed and you throw 97, 98, and you got a good slider, um, you don't always have to throw it in the strike zone. Is uh, I mean, I don't know a lot about metrics as far as his fastball. Um, looking at 
hitters reactions to his fastball they're late on it they do swing and miss at the breaking stuff because i you know i look look at sam sam henches um his fastball didn't miss a lot of bats it's better this year because they adjusted the grip on it a little bit so it's it's got more ride than it used to um because last year's fastball was was 97 or 96 and it was getting hit um even in the minors that was the case and heron is not having that issue so i would assume his fastball carries pretty well um so we'll see, but he's another big dude, six five, six six, two thirty, uh, twenty five years old. He'll be uh, he'll be rule five eligible again this year. If I'm assuming there'll be a rule five draft this year, I guess you never know. But um, so those guys are both in Columbus. That's exciting. So um, some possible relief help on the way. Two guys that ended up uh, losing their spots. We don't have to spend a lot of time on them, Willie. But guys, you know, at least one guy we thought had a major league future that. Seems to have stalled. Robert Broom goes back to Akron uh, in wake of Kevin Kelly's promotion. And Brent Daniels, who was a minor league Rule 5 pick, um, goes back to Akron. He was in Columbus to start the year. Robert Broom, I don't know, just never – he had a, he had a good first year, a good first couple of uh, seasons here. And then, I don't know, the control and the stuff just never made it up there. He was in the, consistently 85-86 of the fastball and never panned out like we thought. Sometimes that happens, unfortunately. Yeah, and back to what I said earlier, that's exactly why injuries and ineffectiveness is are, are reasons that you need to stockpile arms, uh, arms in general, but really prospects. It's, it's why Cleveland wants 15 shortstops in their organization. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's such a premium position, and a lot of a lot of these guys aren't going to cut it at the major league level, or they'll have some sort of value, but that could be through trades or you know. Um, Injury and ineffectiveness will bite. Uh, position changes will come for some guys too. Yeah. At one time, I think we thought Broom was going to be in the fast start of the majors than Nick Sandlin. Um, yep. He was in Akron by his second season. He had an ERA under one in Akron. And yeah, last year, just things weren't good. And then this year, things have gotten worse. Mm-hmm. So he's back in Akron. Uh, you never know. Hopefully they can work on something to turn him around because he was effective when he first came in the organization right. in 2018. So you never know as far as uh, Brett Daniels. I haven't had much chance to see him. Another good promotion um, to see. I, this probably has a lot to do with the fact that um, Will Bartlett's still out with the hamstring issue. But Junior Sanquitten finally makes it out of um, Arizona. He is on the Lynchburg roster finally. Um a lot of swing and miss in Junior San Quentin's game. He was he was signed as a shortstop. He is now uh, a first baseman slash third baseman. Kind of filled out. He's listed at six foot one seventy two on the MLL, MILB website. I'm going to go ahead and say he's probably a little bit bigger than that. Um, uh, I think somebody said to me he's six four one ninety nowadays. Yeah, he's he's a lot bigger than that. He he's filled out. He is definitely not a middle infielder these days. And I don't know if he's even played shortstop. Um, since he came in, he has not played shortstop. He did not play shortstop at all last year. First base, third base, DH. That was it. So that's where he is these days. Um, I'm curious to see what he can do. He, he struck out a lot. Uh, not a lot of contact, um, much as we thought. He was part of that group, but there's power there. Um, I know Joe did say he's a pretty decent defender around the bag, because obviously that's why you that's get guys who are shortstops. Um, yeah. He's only 20 years old, so this is a good shot for him to see what he can do. Switch hitter, I believe he's still switch hitting, and he was as of last year. So, um, 
I'll be interested to see what he can do. And it's a good shot for him to finally get out of Arizona and, and, and face some uh, full season type pitchers. And he's still young for the level too. I mean, taking, taking that into consideration, um, I won't be a bit if he bit surprised if he struggles at the plate, strikes out quite a bit, and also shows some power. Um, not to the extent like uh, he's not going to be like a Will Bart like guy that's going to take a lot of walks, but I think the average will be down, but the power will be up. Is what I'm really trying to say. Yeah, yeah, will be an aggressive approach for sure, especially early on. But we'll see how he adjusts. We'll see how he can earn himself some additional at bats when Will Bartlett comes back. Hopefully that hamstring's not too bad for Bartlett because he was off to a a pretty nice start. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. All those injuries, Willie, we talked about mm-hmm. at the top of the podcast, Gavin Williams uh, hit on Friday with a line drive in his left wrist came right out of the game. He was so mad. He threw his glove into the stands. That was not a good sign. Um, right now he is penciled in to start Friday. So that's good news. Uh, it was good news that it was just not in pitching hand to begin with, but the fact that he's going to be out there pitching Friday, at least that's the uh, plan right now is a good thing. Uh, Tanner Burns is going to be activated off the IL this week. At least he's supposed to be. He's supposed to pitch this week. That's good news. Um, George Valera was back in the Akron lineup tonight as we record this um, from his ankle sprain, so he missed uh, Sunday. Uh, that's uh, Saturday and Sunday, so that's a good sign he's back. Uh, Daniel Spino was supposed to throw a bullpen today. I believe that still happened. We'll find out more from uh, Spencer Thomas down in Akron tonight. He'll probably ask how that went, so be on the lookout for that. Those guys doing a good job. Him and John L. Rod and Akron. Make sure you give them a follow. Um, who do you think we're going to look at for the next set of promotions, Willie? Because I keep looking at it, and there's nobody in Lake County that I see hitting that's earned a promotion. I mean, Angel Martinez is still really young. He's he's doing fine, but he's had some ebbs and flows like he did last year. Uh, John Kenzie Noel swinging, missing a lot. I don't think he's getting a promotion. Um, none of the outfielders have have pushed for any any chance to go to Akron. There's other than Gavin Williams, which we already thought was going to happen, it didn't. That's the only promotion I can see at this point. Tanner Bybee, maybe. Um, yeah, Williams, Bybee, and maybe a catcher if uh, if they need one. Um, I think Naranjo needs more time in Lake County before he's up in Akron. Um, well, Mike Caprice is hitting better in Akron, so he's he's playing first base for them. So Mike Caprice is starting to hit. Yeah, and Caprice can play outfield too. Um, yeah, he hasn't this year. Yeah, there's been a exodus, if you will, of outfield talent in Buffalo because they the Cleveland sold the rights to Anthony Alford to the yeah. KT Wiz or somebody like that. So they're they're down one guy there, um, calling up Palacios and Gonzalez. You know, one or maybe both of those guys end up back in Cleveland at some point, or I mean, rather uh, Columbus at, at some point. Um, I don't know. It's, it's really, to me, it's going to be pitchers or, or nothing at all. Yeah. I mean, you could see Valera and Akron, I guess, but Akron or Akron uh, Columbus, um, you know, they still have late in the season probably. Yeah. I mean, they still have Alex call is still playing up there. Um, Palacios and Gonzalez, I assume one of those two will go back down. But like you said, um, Palacios is getting close to that five options this year. I think he's already yeah. – the next time they option the AAA, Palacios will be three. So they can officially option him down one more time. Um, or is it two? I think when you get to five, there's none left, right? Yeah. Is it 
five. And he, okay, so they can do it five times, and then after that, he's exposed. So they have two more times to call him up and down. So they're getting close to that this year. Um, Gonzalez, I assume, will be sent back down. So you saw Benson call. Um, those two guys will go back down at some point. You still have Trenton Brooks, who I guess you could move on from if you really wanted to. Um, I don't know, an outfield of Benson and Valera and Will Brennan would be a lot of fun in Columbus, but I think that'll be later in the year. You're right. There, there's just nobody really pushing the door for promotion. I think you really hope there was going to be. I mean, you'd like to see when Gabriel Arias gets healthy and Tyler Freeman starts to get his feet under him in Columbus. Both of those guys push for some playing time in Cleveland, and you can um, you know, see Brian Rocchio go to Columbus because he needs to, even though he's not playing that great. He's gotten better. Um, don't Jose I mean Nolan me. Jones? Yeah, Jose, Jose for me. Yeah, for Ernie Clement, right? Um, Nolan Jones is going to go back to Columbus whenever he's healthy. Yeah, you know, and that's another. Maybe he gets more time in the outfield. You would think that's the case, considering Jose is here long term. But um, what do you do with uh, Tyler Freeman? Right, that's what I'm saying. So you have to. Somebody's going to be cut from Columbus at some point, I would assume. Um, someone's going to be let go. I mean, they just let go of Zach Draper, a lefty there. So they, they maybe are starting to um, trim some of the rosters. But, yeah, yeah there's just not a lot of guys. To, to they'll have to right call now. the hurt, so to speak, with uh, the draft coming too. I, I don't think they'll be in a big rush yeah. to, to move any of those guys out. I think they take a similar approach uh, to what they did last season there. Yeah. I don't know if you promote any of the Lynch because, you know, if you, po- if you promote Bybee or – um, Williams to Akron, and right now Akron's kind of filled up because you know we think Espino's on his way back because he threw a bullpen. We saw Burns is coming back. You still have Cantillo. Maybe Cantillo goes to Columbus to create room. You still have Curry who needs to you know work out a few things. Gattis. Um Yeah, Gaddis could go to Columbus. He's pitching his butt off. You could make some room in Akron for those two guys, but um, then you got to fill up the innings in Lynch and Akron or uh, Lake County from Lynchburg. So you know. Will Dion and Ronnie Boone maybe could go up because they're a little bit older. And you can – think you got to have guys. guys around, like a Jack Leftwich, uh, Boone, Dion, all down in Lynchburg. Um, you can stretch some of these guys out there that are in piggyback roles too. Sure, um, they have a lot of those guys. But you need you need to push guys from Arizona to, to Lynchburg. So when Ryan Webb gets healthy, maybe he goes there. Um, trying to think who else is on the IL there. I mean – uh, Hankins, yeah, I don't think they're going to Lynchburg, so I don't know. Maybe those guys go to Lake County. Maybe maybe when Hankins and Vargas are ready to join an affiliate, maybe that's when Bybee and Williams end up making the jump. Maybe that's how they play that. Play that. It could be. Like I said, uh, you know, I I think mid-July when the draft hits, that's six weeks away, really. Um once they get some of those guys into the org, they're usually not in a hurry to get them out to affiliates. We'll see four or five of those guys go to affiliates and the rest will make some uh, corrections or adjustments. Seems like they're doing that a little bit faster with guys too. Um, they're just go ahead and doing that in, in Arizona. And then when they get out to affiliate ball, they've already made uh, a few tweaks in their delivery, things like that, that they've done added a few pitch, not a few pitches, but added a pitch here, or there to certain pitchers, you know, um, worked on that hybrid cutter slider that they have, getting them to deviate to one or the other, sometimes adding a pitch in there. Um, 
we've seen little things like that, little tweaks in delivery, timing issues, things that they work out, um, getting a guy better through his motion uh, so he has better control, stuff like that. Um, I, I think there's help to be had, but I think it's going to come through a lot of these piggybacks turning more toward toward uh, just a natural starter rather than a piggyback starter role. Well, that's happening tonight. Jack Lefwich is pitching tonight, and and he has no piggyback guy behind him, so that's kind of starting. You're right. So that's certainly good to see. Um, I'm itching to see some of these TJ guys. I'm itching to see what Vargas and Hankins and Ryan Webb look like because mm-hmm. those guys all, to me, have exciting futures. So I'm hoping they're they're about ready to go. Um, I was just watching the game as we were recording this. Man, Oscar Gonzalez is taking some hard hacks up there. The bat speed looks good. Um, maybe better than I ever thought it was. Man, he swings hard. Um, yeah, we'll see. The next set of promotions, I hope, are, are coming soon. I hope, I mean, Gavin Williams thought he was going to Akron already, and he didn't. So we'll see. Um, Oopsie. Or we get to some. Uh, yeah. Uh, oops, that happens. Uh, yeah, try to be better. Um, the mock draft came out today, Willie. We'll talk about that real quick. We'll talk about players of the month and then some questions and then our picks for the player of the week. Um, your mock today, just how you drew it up. How did you? Well, how did you guys uh, draw it up, as it were? Uh, a piece of paper and a pen. <laughs> I would. You just really ru- you ruined the whole joke. Thanks, Willie. You ruined the whole joke. Okay. You guys <laughs> took two players named Drew. That was what I was trying to allude to. But now that I have to explain it, it's not as funny. Well, I wasn't going to say who we took. So. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, fine. I guess. I guess you'll have to read to find out who the Drews are. Drew Gilbert and Drew Thorpe. Thanks, Justin. <laughs> yes, I ruined it. You don't have to go look at the mock. Now, yes, you do, because you don't know you don't know anything about them. If you're listening to this, you probably don't have a ton of information, but Willie and Jared do. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested in the outfield. I don't, I don't know a ton myself about Drew Thorpe, but Drew Gilbert. I've watched a lot of Tennessee this year, and I love. I like Drew Gilbert, so I'm excited for that. And. Thorpe um, is going to be about average age uh, starter, three-year starter from Cal Poly. Sits 89-92, been up to 96 this year, has one of the best change-ups, if not the best change-up in the draft class. I think it's a fringy slider from an over-the-top delivery, which I would expect uh, a curveball would work a little bit better than a slider from that delivery. Um and that's working off of memory. Um, 6'4", 190, guy that's got really good control. So the numbers line up for Cleveland. Um, but, uh, you know, Jared and I did a complicated lottery system. Um, let's just say the, the ball was weighted in Jared's favor. <laughs> <laughs> so Jared won yeah, the he- all of Cleveland's selections. <laughs> Yeah, and you took a play. You took, well, he took a player off the board of it that he really liked before Drew Gilbert. That's interesting. The guy he really yeah. likes uh, one at pick thirty six. I won't spoil it. Go go look at the mock draft. But there's some guys in that round. You guys, there's guys in that round we talked about. This is uh, pick thirty one through um, sixty six. I, I dropped some names of some players that I think that are likely candidates for Cleveland to select in there. Um, all of whom fit what Cleveland does model wise. I'll say it, say it that way. Um, there might be a few surprise names in there for some fans too, but there's several players listed that I think are legit options at those uh, selections. Yeah. There's, there's a bunch of guys that went in this uh, second mock. You guys did at least the, the next set of picks, uh, a bunch of guys that we've talked about 
that could make sense for the Guardians that are all here. I mean, we're I mean, I'm not gonna say where they went, but we've talked about Sal Stewart, we talked about Max Wagner, we've talked about um Josh Kasevich, Tanner Schobel, um Parker Mesick, uh, Eric Brown, Thomas Harrington, Justin yeah. yeah, Justin Campbell, Jonathan Cannon. Um, all these guys went in this round of the uh, this version of the mock. You guys Cannon. did pick thirty one, yeah, thirty one through sixty six. So all those guys are possible options for Cleveland. We think um, it's a yeah, lot. I mean, in the way this draft is, it's. I know Jeff Ellis has alluded you're getting the same quality from twelve to sixty or seventy five. I can't remember what he said, but uh, his point is is there's depth there. He doesn't quite like the draft class as much as I do. Um, I like it because there is that depth, and I think you're going to get good quality talent. I think you're going to set a solid second-round talent in the third round even. Um, That's how I view the draft a little bit differently. There's definitely that top tier of guys um, in this draft class, which is something uh, I think the last draft class lacked was that upper echelon talent, just more depth last year and a ton of pitching last year. This year you don't see that as much. There is a ton of prep pitching, and there's a few prep pitchers that – you know, I say, hey, you know, this might be a guy that Cleveland is interested in, even though I feel like they've trended away from taking prep pitchers. Um, there's a few guys there that make some sense. Um, Murphy from from Illinois. Um, I think it's Brooke, Brookdale, Riverside or something like that, Illinois. Uh, athletic shortstop, um, right-handed starting pitcher that I really like. And definitely, uh, I think, an arm that's on the – on the upswing, somebody I think that would make a lot of sense for Cleveland to go after if they were to, to go after a prep arm. But yeah, uh, a the, lot of guys in there. Yeah, a lot of Tommy Johns for the, the college arms, some some high school arms, and college bats are interesting this year. I don't know. Cleveland hasn't taken a college bat high in, in recent years, so we'll see if that changes based on how things you know work out this year. But it's going to be interesting. Make sure you're um, – Subscribe so you can see more of Willie's draft content. Make sure you're following him. He'll have other um, non-gated content as well, but um, definitely some more uh, insider-only content for the draft because it's really good stuff and does a lot of homework. Um, one guy they drafted last year, so let's talk about him real quick. And we don't have to go too in-depth, but we'll just mention this, and then we'll get to questions and move on. But Will Dion was the Carolina League pitcher of the week last week, so – uh, Dion in what I think is, is that two starts last week. It is, yeah, two starts, the 24th and the 29th. Uh, Will Dion, 10 innings pitched, uh, one hit allowed on May 24th. He didn't allow a hit at all. Um, three walks and 16 strikeouts over those uh, 10 innings, Willie. Uh, really good outing, couple outings for, for Will Dion. I know his last start, um, Josiah Elmore, our. Um, Hillcats reporter was there. He said that um, Dion's fastball was majority about 86, 88, topped out at 88. So not really into the 90s, but man, he's not giving up hits. And I don't know. We'll see how that ends up playing. We'll see if they can squeeze some more velocity out of him. But clearly, it kind of feels like Will, Will Dion throws too many strikes and has too much command to uh, be facing Carolina League hitters at the age of 22, coming from, uh, you know, let me say it's not a huge school, but it's not a small school. So. I don't know. He could use a promotion, I feel like. Yeah, I think he's ready for a challenge. Um, and hitters are only hitting, I think, a buck 61 off of him. So basically, they're putting up a uh, Austin Hedges type of line against him. 
<laughs> yeah, that's how you know you're good, is when uh, you're giving up that regularly. Uh, he's he's due for promotion, so good for, for Will Dion. Um, make sure you follow Josiah Elmore for his game reports from Lynchburg. Uh, new little feature, I'm going to put this on social later, we'll talk about it now, Willie. Willie steered me in this direction this week for our picks. So um, we're going to do a uh, site-wide guard, um, player of the month. So the Guardians Baseball Insider, minor league player of the month, or prospect of the month, we'll do a pitcher of the month, and we'll do a hitter of the month. I wish I would have started this in April, but it just kind of um, worked out starting this month in May. Um, Willie, you you picked the hitter of the month. You, you did both, really, or you convinced me of both, so – you can go ahead and talk about why these guys were, well, I don't know. We spent a lot of time on one already. I guess I can just say. Um, go for it. Yeah, Will Brennan is the hitter, GBI hitter of the month. Um, in the month of May, Will Brennan in 18 games, 70 at-bats, uh, three homers, six doubles, 23 RBI, uh, seven walks, seven strikeouts, three steals. Uh, 286, 354, 529, good for an 883 OPS. That it was either him or George Valera. It was it was kind of tough. I think Valera had it just as good a month. Uh, had a couple more home runs, a couple more RBI, uh, more games played. But um, I think he's got slower. Yeah, he he got hot towards the end, but you know Brennan got the promotion, and and I I like the guy who didn't who didn't strike out as much. Not that not that Valera struck out a ton, but. I think consistency well, you can, matters, though, and that's what you get with Brennan is consistency, day in, day out. You know what you're going to get with him. Yeah, and when you can when you can put up those numbers and not strike out, and then you walk as much as you strike out, that's as impressive to see. So, Will Will Brennan is our uh, Guardians baseball insider, uh, pro- hitting prospect of the month. As for pitcher, uh, Willie, we went with Joey Cantillo, and I think this was kind of a runaway pick. Um, there was no really better option in the month of May. Uh, Joey Cantillo, 22 innings pitched in five games, 10 hits allowed, four walks, 33 strikeouts, not a single earned run. We talked about him a few weeks at this point. I think we talked about him every week this month because he's just pitched so well. But yes, uh, that was a very easy choice. Pendulum is swinging in the right direction for him. I think it'll he'll come back down to earth at some point in time. But we're seeing that mid-rotation starter upside that we've talked about in the past. Um, there was questions whether he was even going to be a back-end arm or if, was, if he was going to be a bullpen arm. Now he's flashing that three or four-number starter now. Um, very, very encouraging month of May. Let's hope he just continues. Um, you know, Maybe his level off is, is a continuance of what we've seen these last four or five, I think five starts over the month of May. Yeah, they've been they've been care, very careful about his pitch counts. He's only thrown eighty three pitches uh, once this year. That's his max. So they've been very careful about his innings. I we'll see how that plays out long term. But uh, and I think that's related to the uh, essentially two years missed too because of the that's true last year and twenty twenty being the COVID year that virtually all the prospects missed. Right, that's fair. Yeah, definitely fair. Um, all right, let's get to some questions. Then our play of the week picks, and we can. Get out of here because it's running into late territory here. All right, Zach, uh, regular listener, Zach, wants to know your thoughts, Willie, on Zach Nito getting mocked to the Guardians in a lot of mock drafts. Crazy numbers, but playing against lesser competition at Campbell. What do you think? 
Uh, you know how analytically inclined I am. I look at numbers and I even will gauge numbers off of where a guy is at, um, the level of competition he's at and what I foresee what he could do in the future. Uh, so future projections for me, he's a guy that's going to hit 260, 270, maybe at the big, big league level. I think you gave a really good comp on him, which was Dansby Swan, or yeah, Dansby Swanson. Um, I think it's a very fair comp for him. Um, I think you get average power. There's an arm to handle shortstopper. I'll even throw this out there, third base, but I don't think he has the power for third base. Uh, I like to see, and I think the Indians like to see guys who are above average or better athletes with above average or better speed at shortstop. And Nito is not that. Uh, he does have that hit tool, a little bit of a, I don't know, that high leg kick, thicker lower half, which is why I mentioned third base for him. Um, he's more of a medium athlete to me, not a guy that I think is a premium shortstop, but can play shortstop. I'll, I'll say that, but I think um, take it with a grain of salt. This is a, a model-driven team. It's a model-driven type of pick. Cleveland will likely go down board, so to speak, and, and take a player at an underslot deal. Um, if you saw the first mock, we had Jet Williams in there, and that's who I'm on right now. That's where I think that they land is a premium prep player at that first pick that will come in under slot uh, and they'll be able to move money down board. But I, I don't think Neto necessarily is a shortstop long-term, but I think he can play there. I don't read too much into them. A lot of different places saying that, Hey, he's a guy that Cleveland's going to take. If Cleveland does, it may be because he's there at pick 37 rather than 16. I think you get a higher quality player at, at 16 than that. I, I think Neto is a guy that goes somewhere in the 20 to 40, maybe 25 to 50 range. I moved up on him late. Um, but I will, say, I will say you can knock him on level of competition, but he also hit 304 on the Cape against some of the best competition in the country. So I, I do think he's, he's going to be able to hit. Um, I just don't think that um, he's going to have as many walks to strikeouts as, as he does now. It's almost two to two to one walks in favor of over strikeouts right now. Yeah. And I, I was just based that comp on, on reading um, some scouting reports and looking at some stats. I just kind of pulled that one out of nowhere. So I guess. Yeah, I, I like it. I mean, it's very, <laughs> very similar of, of a type of player to me. Yeah. All right. So Zach Nito, I know, I think we both, I think you, I, you, Jared, and I, not that my opinion matters because you guys know a lot more than I do, but we were both kind of, I don't know, meh on the prospect of him being uh, the first round yeah, of the Guardians. If he's there at 37, okay. Yeah, um, it's not 16. Yeah. Yeah. Um, good friend of the show, Chuck, um, said, hey, legends, a uh, long way to go, but what do you project Tanner Bybee ceiling as a big league starter? Um I'd like to see him more against upper level competition. He's 23 in high A, so I don't want to sit there and, and make too many assessments off of him being 23 facing um, high A hitters. I'd like to see it at Akron, but I know we I know we see this a lot. But I, I, I mid rotation like number three, I, I could see the ceiling being a number two, but I want to see what he does against double A hitters before I say number two. What do you think? And I want to see better better secondaries. Uh, not that I'm not going to. Yeah. But for a number two, I want a guy that's got a, a plus and above average secondaries too. So you're getting three above average or better pitches and above average um, control from a 
from a number two for me. You got to have at least three above average um, assets, and I'm not sure he has that. The fastball is definitely trended above average. I uh, could say plus since he's hitting 97, 98 nowadays, and he does have excellent control. Again, a guy that's 23, uh, probably a year old for league average now. Um, definitely belongs in double A, in my opinion. Um, I think there's potential number three starter there. When he came into the org, I would have told you solid number four or five uh, with the velocity uptick. Uh, I think there's number three upside there. Maybe he flashes a number two at time, but I'm going to go with a number, potentially number three, but a solid four or five. Yeah, before we'll see what happened before we make a, a hard count on that. Uh, thoughts on Isaiah Green this season? How does he project long term? I think there's some things to work on with the swing with Isaiah Green, um, but clearly has a good understanding of the strike zone and um, is a very patient hitter. A lot of speed. He's using his speed when he gets on base. Um, there are some swing and miss issues there, but I think he is about what we thought he was going to be a guy who needs some work with the swing, but uh, uses his speed well, has good plate discipline and uh, plays good defense. So I, I don't know about projecting him long-term. I haven't seen enough myself. I don't, I've not watched a lot of, well, okay. I've watched enough Lynchburg games, but the camera angles in the Carolina league are not the best. Um, so it's really hard to get a good look at him. So ask me again next year when I see him in Lake County, but right now I would say he's probably a fourth outfielder just based on the fact that he's got speed and, and walks and, um, has some swing and miss issues that he's got to correct as far as, you know, needing some swing adjustments, I should say. Talented player when he came into the org. I think I had him ranked 52, P.D. Halvin 53 that draft season, uh, 2020. So I, I think there's a lot of upside, um, a lot of upside there, but you're looking at very similar players. I'm not one to um, hone in specifically on, on numbers like that. I, I think of guys more in tiers or in my rankings, and I don't like the one through 50 um, prospect right. rankings for, for the draft. So very similar talents to me, some things that uh, need work, but exciting guy to have in the organization. So, Yeah, ask me again a year from now, and I, I'll have a better idea. Um, would you consider Eli Morgan back in the rotation or leave him be? Um, I don't know. I would. I mean, while Savali is out, I guess Savali is going to be out a little bit longer than we thought. I would. I mean, kind of Pilkington's been fine, but – also, the bullpen's been kind of shaky. You know, I think you need a Eli Morgan in the bullpen more right now. Ghosts and Sandlin and, and even Stefan's hit a rough patch lately. I would not move Morgan in the rotation. I think the bullpen needs him right now. I, I wish they would be a little more aggressive in how they deploy him. Maybe and maybe this is the way they do it. I don't know. But I, I'd be a little yeah. bit leery to put him back in the rotation right now. I like him uh, more as a one-to-winning guy. Um or I'm liking him more as a one-two inning guy and using him more often rather than running him out there for three innings, kind of a, a let's call him a piggyback starter. Uh, he can do that, but I, I like his stuff better. It seems like his fastball plays more when he has shorter outings and he's got that excellent change up. So you just give him those two pitches and there's a lot to work with, with him um, and good control. So uh, I think keep him in the bullpen. I see no need to move him out. Um, I do like his potential for quick innings. So, you know, I'm not saying uh, you don't give him uh, a three-inning outing here and there, but um, I'm looking for one to two every other day or so out of him, trying to maximize the innings I can get out of him because I think he's an 80-inning arm. 
um, out of the pen easy. And, um, you know, somebody that's just going to be consistent and get outs, I think his stuff will yeah. play. I think, I think I'd just like to see like to see him be used better. That's really what it comes down to. So maybe not back in the rotation as it were, but um, thanks for the questions. Uh, let's see. Player of the week picks from last week. Uh, Willie, you went with uh, Tanner Bybee and my, Milan Tolentino. Um, I'm trying to grab their stats real quick, but uh, my league baseball's website is uh, not liking me at the moment. I know Tolentino we can, didn't. We can throw that up and uh, let people vote on it. Yeah, let's. We can do that. Uh, we'll let people vote on it uh, coming up, and then uh, let's go with our picks this week, Willie. We'll uh, we'll adjust the standings later. Um, do you have an idea of who you want to go with this week, Willie? Um, who went first last week, me or you? I think you did. I think I did because you said I was the loser, so I got to go first. You were very. <laughs> Very adamant about saying I was the loser. So um, I'm not competitive in the very least. <laughs> not at all. Uh, I didn't. I'm going to go ahead and say I didn't have a great week last week because I picked. Uh, yeah, Battenfield. I don't think struck out a lot of guys, and Will Brennan got promoted, so he hit a bump in, in Accra or Columbus because he didn't play well his first few games. So I would imagine we're going to go ahead and give that to you based on uh, Bybee, even if Milan Tolentino didn't have. Um, a great week last week. I don't know if he did or not, but um, hmm. I don't know who I want to go with. Let's see. A lot of good guys are hurt. And I'm still looking at our prospect draft, so I can't, I'm not taking anybody on your roster. Uh, my pitching staff has been terrible. Espino's hurt. Allen has struggled the last few starts. Battenfield's been kind of average. rotation is hurt. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, Williams is fine. Oh, you almost lost Williams. He's fine. But you're getting Burns back. Uh, Nikhazy was pretty got pretty good last week. Um, Taurus has been bad. Tor- we'll have to talk about that in the future, but Lenny Taurus is really struggling. Um, you know what? Give me Mike Caprice. He's been hot lately. Um, I think he's starting to figure it out at Akron. Give me Mike Caprice again. Um, gosh, in terms of pitcher, I'm gonna. I'm not going to go ahead with my pitching. You know what? Give me Jack Leftwich. I don't know what the score is tonight in, in Lynchburg. Hopefully he's not pitching terribly, and I am – setting myself up for failure, but Jack Leftwich is no, no piggyback tonight. So give me Jack Leftwich. He was a reliever in my, my draft, but he's a starter this year. So Mike Capriz and Jack Leftwich and uh, hope for the best. All right. I'm going to stay with Milan Tolentino and I'm going to go with Will Dion as well. All right. So Tolentino and you're going with the guy that just won the Carolina league player of the week and allowed one hit in 10 innings pitch. That's a, uh, that's quite a way to go. Well, he pitched twice last week. I think he's only on the schedule for once this week. So yeah, yeah. At least I took one guy on my roster. Come on, Willie. Jeez, he got the, he got the a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> you still have a lot of your guys in the minors. I mean, I shoot, I have a lot. I have uh, Palacios and Arias is hurt. Quan's up, and um, I got Gonzalez I, up. Yeah, you have Gonzalez up now. Yeah, that's the thing we can look at is how many. How many guys are we? We have to look back and see how we're doing. Maybe next week, no, not next week, because I won't be here next week. But um, maybe the following week's podcast, we'll talk about the midseason point of and talk about our prospect draft. Uh, yeah, so I'll put that out on Twitter. See who who had the better week last week among um, our play of the week prospect picks from the week before, and then 
get this week's out. So yeah, no podcast next week. I will be in Myrtle Beach, so I will not be able to record. So enjoy the week off, Willie. Um, we'll get back the following week. In the meantime, though, make sure you're following us all on Twitter again, jail underscore baseball. W-I-L-L-H-O-O-99 on Twitter, official underscore C-G-B-I. Make sure you're following the entire uh, Guardians Baseball Insider uh, team. we got people in at games all week. Lake County, I'll be at Lake County Thursday. We've got um, writers in Columbus this week, Le- Lynchburg, Akron. Lots of updates from Akron, you know, Espino's bullpen, all that stuff. Willie really just had another mock draft. I don't know, Willie, will we have any draft content Friday? Or are you taking a quick break after two rigorous uh, mock drafts. I've, I've already started uh, part eight of the board. We're going 10, 10 parts. So that's going to be done the end of next week. And we're going to get back into uh, guardians type prospects for the draft. Uh, you'll see another mock um, working on potentially a surprise collaboration there. Um, oh, I like it. So uh, we'll see how that one goes, but there'll also be another one right before the draft too. And I don't know who all will be involved in that, but we're going to try to try to um, potentially collaborate on, on a, even a second one. Uh, but if not, definitely me and Jared will probably be dropping another one before the, before the draft actually gets here. So there's definitely at least two more mocks. I'm just not sure how it's all going to wrap up. Um, who knows if uh, prospects live does another one, we may get involved on that one as well. Yeah, I hope so. They've, uh, that's been fun the last couple of years. I hope we get involved it's, in that. For sure. Yeah, that has been. They've done a great job, as, as they always do. All right. For Willie, I'm Justin. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll catch you again in two weeks. So everybody uh, be safe over the next week. And uh, if you don't hear from us, you know why. <laughs> Have a good one.